Hello, today I'm very, very happy to welcome Alex Onalaya. Hi, how are you doing, Michael? Alex is the co-founder of digital marketing agency Think at Design360. He's also mentor, author, and has been named in the top 50 inspiring, prominent, and influential voices in the UK Black Tech. Alex, do you want to add something? It's a, it's a very short description. Uh, probably you can can add much more, give more insight to our audience. Uh, what you're doing, what you're about, what you stand for. Uh, well, um, I, I stand for innovation and I stand for empowering young people. So those are the two areas that I take a lot of interest in. Um, I work with a lot of local communities. That the local community groups that focus on working, help empowering young people, and I also participate in a lot of groups that actually um, empower innovation and you know changes in technology and all those type of things yeah okay great and we we both uh, contributed to the um, global business playbook what is an online for the audience it's, it's a huge one i think uh, the the organizers still looking for people around the globe who's contributing them and you're representing uk i'm presenting Germany and france and you've wrote so many interesting articles there and one is definitely and there, there's your home to of any way that um, the marketing tools trends uh, yet one article about 2020 what have they been and what you would say is marketing trend for 21. Well, interesting, interesting you mentioned that. So one of the things that um, has changed, as you can probably imagine, given the outcome of the pandemic, uh, is that people's buying behavior has completely changed. Mm -hmm. So the traditional before 2020, the traditional behavior of most customers, when I say customers, I'm referring to businesses that are dealing from business to consumers. Um, the, what the traditional method was of cost, traditional customer buying journey was the customer is at home they're going to work they get in the car they listen to a bit of radio they get in work they have a few minutes to you know chat with their colleagues and their colleagues actually exchange ideas and you know they go home pick up the kids they also get to chat with the parents you know at school and there's that kind of social background to their way of life but since the lockdown it's been the complete opposite. Everyone is worried. They're worried about their finances. They're worried about their family, their well-being, and and on top of that, they're also worried about getting the right products. Mm -hmm. So, as a business owner, the question now comes back to you. Pr prior to this, people's attention span was somewhere around uh, seven seven seconds, which is not too far away from a goldfish. So, now imagine with all this pandemic burden. Your customers are not really interested in your long text. They're not interested in your, you know, flamboyant looking anything. They just want to know if you are actually the right person to help them solve a problem as swiftly and as quickly as possible. And I think this is very, very important for any business that actually wants to thrive in 2021. You have to pay attention to what makes your customers tick. You only have 2.8 seconds to action that. So that being from your branding, from your brand ethos, from your brand culture, 
to your website, to your visual communication, everything has to be consistent and very straight to the point. Um, and that's probably one of them. Change dramatically. I can remember a couple of years ago, you would say uh, somebody's reading at least the headline and this uh, subtitle and the, the only 5%, the next 10% going through the whole article. That's more or less finished, huh? Uh, absolutely. And, and pr prior to that as well, um, I usually categorize customer base into three categories. I want to, sorry, three categories I mean. Um, and one of them basically are emotional buyers. Emotional buyers are very, very interested, heavily interested in what is the business about? What is their ethos? What is their, what's their core belief? You know, uh, is it like for every product I buy, they build, you know, a, a, a tree somewhere in a tropical place in Africa or something of that nature? They want to actually see their contribution to the to the ecosystem. You know how how are they making the planet greener? Um, and for that reason, I'll categorize them as the emotional buyers. Those customers can be with you for forever as long as you actually tick those boxes that makes them happy. Then I'll move on to the next one, who are actually the logical buyers. Log logical buyers are often people that are very technical, like they look at things from a different perspective. If you say, for example, buy one get one free. The first question they'll ask themselves is, what's the catch? What's in it? What exactly, am I really getting a deal or are they actually just trying to, you know, win me over? And those customers can be very difficult to convince. So you have to have a few of technical documents to actually help them uh, in that case. And I have the last one who are actually called the one night stand, meaning they have no interest whatsoever in whether you're growing trees in Africa or you're saving the planet. They don't care. They just care about, I have a problem. I need to know who can find it for me and I need to find them very fast. So the first behavior is basically they go on online, search on Google, the closest person to them with a decent enough review gets the job. And after that, they don't want to see you again. And so if you have you experienced that is, is there every category as well um, links to a special product or even with a any product you have those three types or what would you uh, say? Uh, absolutely so one of our clients for example uh they are most of their customers are actually on the emotional buying side of things and this is actually a pet product so it's actually pet natural 100 natural pet food suppliers mm -hmm. there and one of the growing success we've actually seen is that customers are actually more concerned about what their pets are actually consuming so as a result, you know, everyone wants something healthy. They want, you know, the pets are almost like family to most owners. And they want to make sure the pets can actually live life, you know, cancer-free, healthy, and all that. So as a result, they are more interested in like how does the client source those items to be sure that it's 100% organic. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, not organic, 100% natural. Yeah. So meaning there's no artificial uh, ingredients involved. And that makes them very, very loyal to the brand they've been with it some of them have been with this brand well over six years of them operating mm -hmm. and even when they when the client does something wrong or maybe they they didn't fulfill for any reason mm -hmm. they still give that chance to, the chance to actually you know regain that trust mm -hmm. but on the other hand if it's a logical buyer the moment you you know do something very wrong literally you've lost them and you've lost them potentially for life mm -hmm. The one time 
buyers, like I said before, they just buy once and you never see them again. Nope. You just probably just bought it because there was a lockdown and they can't go in the store. They buy it from your website. The moment lockdown is over, you never see them again. But then the first categories have as well kind of they need trust. The, the, the first one needs an emotional trust that you are an authority, that you are reliable, that you fulfill social or sustainable development goals from the from the World um, uh, Health Organization and something like this. And the second needs trust in terms of logical things. If yes. something illogical, they would lose trust in you. They will question it. They will question it because if you say um, you get the delivery between five to seven working days, and the product shows up on the 10th day, they will question that because you have actually missold that product. Mm -hmm. And that's the logical, how they will, they will address it. And they, 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 the one-time buyers basically just really just need it at that time, they get it, and okay. they don't really feel like it's the best or not. And then it comes to the next question, how can you convert those customers? That's a big thing. Yeah? You need a landing page. You have only, you said you have only two and a half seconds short, means either you win the interest and the attraction and bring it to desire and to call to action. How do you convert them? Right. Um, so emotional bias, um, the first thing I'll probably say, even regardless of whatever category they fall into, I'll probably say the most important thing from a website perspective uh, mm -hmm. is that your load time of your website is very, very important. And that basically means if you run a website where you accommodate less than average of well over 100 people every month, and this could potentially mean simultaneously there's more than 10 people on your website at the same time. Mm -hmm. What that basically means is you need a better hosting platform mm -hmm. to, to load your website rapidly to the customer. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm talking somewhere around the average industry standard at the moment is between three to four seconds as at, um, according to Google standards. But that's recently that is now getting uh, scrutinized because they've seen a, a great increase again in demand for instant solution. And as a result, they think it's now coming down to 2.8. So bearing that in mind, Dramatic. sorry, 2.8 seconds. Uh, uh, dramatically Absolutely. And bearing that in mind, everyone is now flooded online. So that basically means the market share was quite large previously for the likes of Amazon and all the rest of them. But now the marketplace is now crowded because due to the lockdown, everyone is trying to go online. So as a result, what you get is more, you know, more people showing their shop front online and you are now competing for quite a lot. So here is my piece of advice for anyone in that kind of situation. First, know your clients. Know who exactly what your client uh, persona looks like. Profile your clients. For example, they are middle-class um, young person between the age of, let's say, 25 to 35. They drive this type of car. They live in this type of place. You have to have a clear understanding of what they look like. And from that, you also have to understand another thing. Some clients, or some customers, sorry, out of the, that, the big market, you have a small fraction, I'll probably say about 3%, who are genuinely interested in buying your product. If they see the writing, they'll buy it straight away there and then. They won't try to look around for any comparison. You have another probably about 40% of that who basically are just want to shop around to make sure they're getting the best deal. Times are hard, people, you know, people are losing jobs and things like that. 
We want to make sure they're getting the best cost-effective option. Mm -hmm. And then you have the rest of nearly about 60% who do not care about mm -hmm. you as a brand. They don't, they literally, they don't care at all. So what the mistake a lot of people, a lot of businesses tend to do is they try to market to everyone. Yeah. And yeah. as a result, your marketing, um, your marketing budget dilutes mm -hmm. along the line. And as a result, you think that campaign didn't work. When in reality, sorry, the problem is all those are on the same channels. That makes yeah. it difficult for the, to the touch point management or whatever it means to, to serve the food for every different person, persona. Yeah? Uh, absolutely, because you're trying to tailor to every type of, type of personality, you're trying to tailor to every age group, you're trying to tailor to, and then you try to use social media and try to use email marketing, you try to use retargeting. And it's literally, it's a lot going on. And if your budget, for example, is, um, you know, a 5,000, you know, yeah, from the UK point of view, 5,000 pounds, by the time you are actually put on free platforms, you've already diluted that target market. Yeah. But instead, if you actually use the, the study, or study your previous customers, if you're an existing business, study the type of client base that, that's been very consistent with you over a long period of time. And then what you do is try to find a lookalike audience, meaning somebody similar to their way of life and their style of living. And from there, it gives you a clear indication of who they are. And then actually find the most successful camp um, ch campaign channel you've used previously to reach those customers, test it to see if th that touch point is still there. And mm -hmm. if, if so, then scale on that. You mm -hmm. get far better result on return on investment and impact than you would trying to cast a net very wide and kill two beds with one stone. Sorry for anyone who's actually uh, sensitive about, you know, animals and then then your company uh, this uh, thing as design 360 that you are supporting your clients really to set up those web pages correctly to uh, absolutely, absolutely. the customer journey the touch point journey or uh, that you're supporting them like uh, absolutely so a good example was the the pet supply which are one of one of our most successful mm -hmm. who are actually doing well over i think our last record they did about 1.2 million across all their e-commerce platform so one of the success, successful things we've actually done with all them using their website was we, we realized there was a lot of manual process, process involved in their e-commerce uh, channel. So what, one of the things we did, first of all, is we streamlined the process. We, you know, we took the customer journey and literally chopped it to three and just integrate everything into their platforms like Amazon, eBay, and other uh, e-commerce platforms and make sure they have exactly the same product so they don't run out of products. So in case they sell one on Amazon, they don't run out of stock and then end up getting an order that ends up getting a customer mm -hmm. unhappy. So that was streamlined. And as a result as well, we also made sure we included um, reviews. So mm -hmm. after customers get the product, they also touch base with them as well, automatically without doing anything, the website does all the work for them. Mm -hmm. And that's the review. And the review comes back as a social proof to other lookalike customers interested in patronizing their service. So as a result, the website is evolving around its customer base and it's growing organically. Brilliant idea. I mean, so then you have all these testimonies you need as a landing page. You have all this, you know, that the typical setup, you have this catchy phrase, what's the advantage, what are your objectives? Yeah, think with the, with the objective of the clients, testimonials, warranties. Uh, 
and you build absolutely. it around in, in terms of absolutely because because most people don't read terms and condition. No. So what do you do to avoid people obviously uh, complaining? Make sure you get the most part of that terms and condition that will really piss them off in the event of them finding out and make sure you include it in areas they can actually see through the buying journey. Yeah. And that way, basically, in case they say, oh, we didn't sit in the terms and condition, you say, well, we were kind enough to also include it during your purchase. And they're more likely to say, oh, I missed that. They're saying, oh, no, it's in this 10,000 page document saying terms and condition, you know. Um, and so things like that. And as a result of that solution we provided them, they were able to take two of their production team and move them into managing their social media platform. And as a result, they were able to actually gain more traction on there and they were able to actually do more that way. So those are the kind of um, success stories we've actually had. And recently as well, we've also seen another increase in software demands. So with these changes as well, it means some off-the-shelf software is not really ideal for some businesses because it's too clunky. It has too much functionality they really don't need. So now what we're also doing is we're creating bespoke solutions to also meet that need and make sure everything is slimline, agile, and productive. I mean, so I'm profitable is the most fun thing. And that way they're able to keep their business and keep their doors open and be able to still do more business. That sounds sounds brilliant because um, same as this to reward digitization for other industries, it makes only sense if your processes are interesting and for the clients interesting otherwise you don't have to digitize things uh, and the same is using a software solution or apps it makes only sense if you can customize them to the needs of your customers and clients otherwise um, it's what consultants like to do yeah they say agile is tell this framework to heal mm -hmm. all different diseases it doesn't work yeah Absolutely, I totally agree. And even the, the, the growing number of uh, mobile users since 2012 was about 60%. Now we're rapidly even seeing growing number of um, voice search. Hmm. This is like your Alexa and the you know uh, Amazon Echo and all those rest of them. And what that basically means is that that in itself is another trend that a lot of businesses are actually not tapping into. For example, if I'm running out of one of my cat food, I just say, you know, you know, um, okay, Google or whatever set um, voice set I'm using, and say, can you place me an order, a repeat order with Amazon? It's already Amazon. I've already got my card. We've already got my details. Alexa knows that obviously I've, I've got that. I place that order without having to sit in front of a computer, and I just get a delivery man from Amazon, basically, literally on my doorstep the next day. That's kind of the buying behavior that people are now transitioning into because they're so busy trying to look after the kids while they're you know, working from home and so many things going on. And those are the kind of things that we need to be paying attention to, I think, moving forward into 2021. I think, Alex, it's a very interesting point I mean, to say that Alex or Siri, whatever is in channel, mm -hmm. uh, it's yeah. a two-way channel, means you can give yes. orders in as well to buy your pizza or... Uh, and therefore, you have to be on that channel as well, not, not to lose out. Yeah? Uh, absolutely. And, and let's not forget that obviously this voice search um, or machine learning equipment are actually looking at algorithms online. They're looking at things like your reviews, your social proof, 
your uh, your customer interaction, your website load time. Some websites will load fast, but they might have nothing that the voice, I mean, sorry, that the algorithm can actually pick up mm. or scrape as information relevant to its user. Mm. Let's, let's not forget, search engines only exist to find the appropriate um, information for its user. It doesn't really care about you, the content creator. It cares about its user. So you have to make sure you have that same interest in mind when you're actually creating your content. Yeah. For engineer from from customer's perspective huh? absolutely absolutely and that brings me probably to the next one because you are quite active as well to provide content on social media yes what was your feeling about I means if you am looking at linkedin it's my what i realize at the moment you get more and more ads on it what is for me annoying because i don't see content it's more yeah. by the bmw by the no i'm generate your leads yeah within five days you're more yeah, you get more and more of those ads which are annoying because they, they are not content yeah. uh, absolutely because it's it's like force feeding you content that you're not interested in and that in itself makes that in itself over time if you if you pestering exactly the same person over time it becomes irritating and that for example if I keep seeing an ad from BMW I don't want a BMW. I don't own a BMW. I have no, you know, I'm a Tesla person, for example. And that automatically just makes me build up more attention towards BMW for no reason other than the fact that it's stopping me with an ad that has no relevance to my, my, my style of life or anything. No, no offense to BMW, any BMW representative. Today, was just today, and he's he's trying to get a cooperation between BMW and because he He has a problem. He needs somebody to produce his cars to use his factories. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, good. I'll tell him good luck with that. <laughs> But I, I agree, man. So you have really to be connected to your. You mentioned it a couple of times. You need to know your clients. You need to know your yeah. audience. It's the same. It's mm -hmm. always with the thing about the relevance of the thing you're doing in terms yeah. of product and terms of content. There has to be the 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 uh, resonance is it interesting is it catchy mm -hmm. is it fascinating is it funny is it mm -hmm. logical yeah and next is the reach means uh, if you, you have the wrong timing because using linkedin don't know in in the late afternoon no, no nobody's on it yeah no no, no it's even on a friday on a friday evening forget it Everyone is eating the time down. They've all clocked out. Like, listen, I'm, <laughs> it's a weekend. I need to find something more social to do, you know, because there's hardly anything out there. So how do you how do you organize your flywheel for content? Means you can, I, I know, means you, 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 you produce content and then you slice it to Instagram, you slice it to YouTube, you slice it to LinkedIn. It's, um, I, absolutely, absolutely. It's a, that's a very interesting point you made there. Um, I think with social social media platforms, you, we all have to understand something. For example, the type of cards, if, if it's a game of card, for example, the type of card you display on LinkedIn yeah. does not necessarily fit in places like Instagram yeah. because Instagram is more visual orientated. It's more image. Uh, people are more likely to engage with the image or text on the image than they would on the actual, you know, the supporting description. But on LinkedIn, however, The more people actually click on the read more, the more chances you actually get engagement. Mm -hmm. So it's not really based on just the image, 
that you've actually you know accompanied your, your your content with is also based on the number of people who are those also clicked learn more or read more to see what more is actually in there and the duration of which they actually stay on it so you have the likes of um twitter as well twitter is ultimately just short text short text and people just engaging with it or repeating it or things like that um, so you can't have your whole full description in there because it's more likely to get stuck in a trend or something of that nature. Um, and um, any other popular ones I'll probably think of, Facebook. Facebook has changed from what we used to know. Facebook back in the days used to be just put as much content out there, people were engaged. But now it's done to that no pay, no show situation. Meaning if you want to get visibility, you have to be prepared to pay. And often people, they bite that bait where it says, oh, would you like to um, boost this post so 10,000 people actually see it? 10,000 people, in, like 10,000 impressions for what? Yeah. This could be 10,000 people, someone in Germany, someone in France, someone in, it's irrelevant to your marketing. So the last thing you should probably try to do is just avoid that word, that, that button that says boost your post. Because there's so many other things you need to also put into consideration. There's something called the pixel code Mm -hmm. That needs to be in your website or your landing page to mm -hmm. be able to identify who are the people coming into your website, yep. what pages within your website they're going, how long are they spending out there. And this data is what you then use to actually now narrow down and try to find your target audience and then try to find lookalike audience. And then that's when you actually start doing the repeat by and closing the gap. But most people just go for the boost. They go, oh, it's only 20 pounds. It's only this amount. It sounds so easy. Listen, you might as well just take that cash, set it on fire, and put it in the bin. Because that's exactly what you've just done by pushing that boost button. But uh, is your company as well supporting with a tech manager, I mean, really a Google tech manager, just to get the pixels or the text on, on, the, on, the, on the web pages and to have the metrics, the metrics, your vanity metrics like followers, or you have other metrics which really measures the return on investment, if you like, on, of, of your content or ad strategies? And you're providing that as well. Absolutely. That, that's one of the key things we actually do, like in identifying who your target customer is. One of the things we also help a lot of clients actually do is the, the question they ask us all the time is what platform do we go on? There's TikTok, there's Snapchat, there's all these fancy looking ones. And they go, which platform, platform should we be on? Mm -hmm. So the first thing we say, if you're a B2B, which is business to business, so come off any of our social media platform, LinkedIn is the place to be. Exactly. Okay. Uh, or Facebook as well, occasionally, because there's some few business groups. Um, if you're a social product, if you own a social product that you sell, like um, pet food or something consumable that is obviously you can relate to people, then places like Instagram, um, Snapchat, and all those other ones are also a place to be. If your goal is to actually target um, generations where they're not ready now, but in the next five years, they would be because they will be the same people who will be in the age of 25, 35, that's a long time track to be. Places like TikTok have to be a place to be. Mm. Um, so there's those type of content you have to actually, you have to look at who exactly you're targeting, what's your persona, where do you want them to be by the time of point of sale, and then strategize the content that way. There's no point you spreading your wings so, so wide and only getting smartly to resolve because by the time you make a move, you already run out of cash. And like we all know, the first department that always get sanctioned 
when there's disaster is the marketing department. And that's often why companies don't really actually work. I, I agree there completely. It means um, to, to cut down on marketing budgets in, in crisis makes not really sense. I mean, not at all. It, it's like to rethink your, your vision, your strategy. Uh, are you really targeting the proper clients? Is the value proposition there? Is the learning model appropriate? Is it not more something uh, least? Even think of, um, for example, think of retention, because I think that's what something a lot of businesses actually forget. When there's crisis, two things happen. If you close your marketing door, you lose retention. Yeah. Some customers will leave at least up to 10%, depending on how, you know, how your business is coping in terms of like, you know, shortage of staff or structure of operation, up to about 10% of your retain, uh, existing customers will leave. Not because they actually can afford you, but it could just be because of their own personal reasons. They would leave. But what, where does that actually leave you? If you're losing 10%, 10%, 10% almost every, every quarter, in a, in this you know, space of 2020 alone, you've lost almost half of your business. Yeah, exactly. So, so if, when there's a disaster, sometimes what you need to do is you need to assess which of your marketing channel is successful mm. in that time. For example, if you have telemarketing in your team, like sales, you know, sales people on a call, you have people on LinkedIn, you're like doing like LinkedIn probing and obviously trying to generate leads from there. Um, when there's this disaster like this, clearly take the telemarketing team off, the, off there because clearly you can't call the office because they're not, most of the time they're not in the office, they're working from home. So you know that obviously that is literally simple mathematics, you know that already. But that doesn't mean you should actually then go ahead and stop the people on social media, Stop the people on there, stop it because it still needs to be visible. There's a lot of people on social media screaming and saying, Oh, yes, we do this and we can save your life and we can get you this. But you need to make sure this is a standout. You have something that people want to really listen to and really want to engage with. And I think that is a very important takeaway for most businesses. I mean, that's a great, our town is flying by. I mean, business is about relationship and you build trustworthy honest relationships only by engagement just stuff doesn't doesn't matter it means you have to engage yeah. I, absolutely I, and please I, I will beg any business please don't do that silly giveaway when you do giveaways the people you're actually attracting is one night stands yep. because all they care about is that giveaway once they get it they're gone there might be reasons if you like, if you have a new coaching program you can invite people to join free to have the first testimonials who are genuinely that's correct who are genuinely interested in the product exactly. or, or, or the service but what i often see is people throwing like saying oh we're giving a laptop away and they play a raffle and someone gets in you get so much followers but half of those followers or majority of those followers are people of the same lookalike audience, which are the one night stand. They're just looking for any opportunity they can grab and run. And that's why you often think, well, we've got a lot of followers, but we've got a very little engagement. That's because you've got wrong people. Yeah. Alex, but time is flying by. If, yeah. if the last word means, if, if the year 21 is in front of us, what you would re recommend people to do and your company think at Design360, is they can help straight away yeah well first i'll probably say is like revisit your website load time secondly 
concentrate on your products, your best-selling products, concentrate on those. If you're concentrating trying to get 10 of the products off the shelf, knowing there's only four of them that actually sells really well, you have far more greater chance of actually getting better return on investment by concentrating on those four than you would trying to push all the products uh, in, this, in this time. Um, yeah, I think that's probably like the best one I can probably do is just concentrate on products that we do really well in this given time. And also don't cancel out all your marketing channels. Find out the ones that actually worked for you before. Historically, even if it's the ones that worked for you before the recession in 2008, um, and obviously, and try to see if you can actually um, repeat that process and see if it actually works for you. If it doesn't work for you, adapt, innovate, you know, just keep testing, testing, testing. Don't dwell too much on it. Test if it doesn't work, move on to the next one. Test if it doesn't work, move on. And once you find one that's actually decently working, it might not be tremendous return on investment, but it's progress. And then obviously start capitalizing on that. And obviously eventually that will probably lead you to a, a road of success. So people will ask me, are people still opening emails today? The question is, yes, 1% of people, are, I mean, 1% of people are still seeing 1% conversion rate on emails as it's always been. But what they actually also, uh, customers are also experiencing is a lot of, um, a lot of companies doing exactly the same thing. So they get overwhelmed by emails and they might not really be as effective as they used to be before. So is social media effective? There's two answers to that. Social media, yes, it's effective only if you're actually trying to do brand awareness in times like this. Um, but if you're actually trying to do just organic reaching out and trying to make sales, it's not working. You have to pay on most platforms to actually get that immediate result. Um, what other platforms are actually on there? Um, SEO, is SEO working? Yes, it's working. It's just people's search term has changed. Mm. Wherever they used to search for before, it's no longer what you used to search for. So you need to reset the new keywords you're actually searching for, key phrases they're searching for, and try to make sure you're obviously redirecting your SEO in that direction. Uh, for example, uh, one of our clients before used to do instant printing, but now they've actually gone into like face marks and you know the usual shin guard and things like that. So that just means redirection in your product focus. Um, mm. Yeah, so I'll probably leave it in those in those for now. Exhibition is off the charts because obviously, as we know, they were heavily impacted by uh, the whole restrictions and everything and the lockdowns. So I'll probably leave it there for now, and I hope that kind of um, gives enough nuggets. To Alex, I, I love that because it's lots of agility in it because I'm I'm love um, agile companies yeah who are testing, probing, progressing, and learning. And and uh, if something's not working, you have to change things but stopping yeah. uh, in, in thinking for customers and marketing markets nothing else in relationship to your to your clients and that's important if you stop a relationship your business mm -hmm. will absolutely thank you absolutely. thank you very much well, it was a pleasure. pleasure i really i really enjoyed it thank you very much for having me yeah thank you all right take care of yourself